0: sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Russ Mole, Investment Director of A.J. Bell. We're going to discuss the world of investment from a UK perspective. Um, oddly enough, the um, at the moment most of the rest of the world seems to be looking at the uk but we're going to start yes not, very, with... fondly, not <laughs> yeah. very fondly necessarily <laughs> yeah. no certainly true um we're going to start i think with with house builders though aren't we well
1: as a starting point because clearly lots of fulmination about the mini fiscal event the guilt market mm. the bank of england bond yields debt and there's and pensions and liability-driven investment strategies, but bringing it back to the real world, Barrett Developments get in their hind legs with a scheduled trading statement this week and state quite clearly that, you know, the average reservations per outlet per week are sharply down. So there is just less interest in buying a property right now. Yeah. And so that is the real world consequence of what's going on, just to bring it home. And they cite quite clearly pressure on consumers' pockets and confidence from the cost of living, higher interest rates, higher mortgage rates, and indeed limit decreased availability of mortgages certainly in the past few weeks in response to the turmoil in the bond yield market which let's face it you know banks will use gilts as a reference point for Mm -hmm. their funding and and indeed for the for the rates that they charge on mortgages so that is a real world example and muggins here has been sat looking at house builder stocks for a long time thinking well they look actually quite cheap and interesting and their net cash and it hasn't stopped them going down another twenty, thirty, forty percent in double quick time and, and and Barrett got obviously slaughtered after the after the profit warning. But what's what's so lots and lots of bearishness, lots and lots of concern, all quite understandably. But now the only UK house builder trading in a premium to historic net asset value is Barclay. And some of these mm. things were trading at two times plus historic book value at some stage, including persimmon. And they were all trading at any excess of one, except possibly countryside, because that's been a bit of a mess. Mm. So the question now is for, for dear contrarians. This is an industry that is clearly very volatile, went into the 2007 financial crisis with an aggregate 4 billion net debt pile, but is coming into this downturn with a 4 billion net cash pile. Um, and on the face of it, you've now got all right. earnings forecasts are clearly cobblers. But on the face of it, you've got a sector on a PE of five with a dividend yield of eight or nine or 10. And they're trading at historic discount to book value. Mm. So the natural awkward squad Yorkshireman contrarian in me is making me think there's got to be some value here at some stage. But clearly in the short term, what you've not got is anything like a positive catalyst. Mm. Because we haven't seen interest rates peak. We haven't seen the Bank of England pivot and panic. We haven't seen house prices starting to come down no. yet.
0: You, you want to buy just so, before that? <laughs> in a perfect world
1: but i don't think you're going to time that right and so i I, i'm starting to look not just at think about house builders reits uh and other bond yield proxies i mean in the end the the money markets are now discounting six percent base rates from the bank of england by autumn 2023 now will they get there is clearly a key question my suspicion is if they did then the economy will be in a very, very poor state, and then it's it's how brave they prepared to be in their battle against inflation. Um, I, I'm not convinced by the amount of backbone that we've seen so far. To a degree, their hand may be forced by the Federal Reserve, but it is if again if there's any whiff of a pause or a pivot in monetary policy, these stocks that have been smashed down and trading at discounts to book offer yield have got decent balance sheets to see you through. There might be worse places to hide, potentially Mm. now, for the brave contrarian person, but it will certainly require careful research.
0: You talk about book value. I mean, can you rely on that? How It's historic.
1: I don't certainly rely on on forecast book value, because that will will be an element of, um, will include future profit growth, for example. But yeah, for sure, if somebody determined enough can pull the wool over the auditor's eyes if they want, but I would think that's what we've got. And in the house builders, that's just land. And as Mark Twain said, you know, there's not going to be any more of that built that we're aware of. So, you know, in that respect, there is an asset there that you can see and that you sense over the long term as of value. the problem that you've got in the house building market because of that twit George Osborne with Help to Buy, I know it was done with the right reasons in mind, but since Help to Buy came in in April 2013, UK wages have grown by 33% and house prices have gone up by 70. So i defy anybody to say that that has helped people to buy. It's increased demand. But it hasn't yes. increased supply. Yeah. yeah. And and therefore QED. So at some stage, yes, that you would think intuitively there has to be a correction in house prices because Barrett's average house average selling price is eleven times the UK average national salary, which is not which is not tenable. So either yes. salaries pick up very quickly or house prices stop growing or come down or somewhere in the middle. But again, at the valuations you're seeing now, some of that is pain is starting to be priced in already, even if it's nowhere near being contemplated more widely.
0: Okay, Ross, let's just take a brief break. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Financial Outlook for Personal Investors, where I'm chatting to Russ Moldoff, AJ Bell. So where do we go from here?
1: Well, again, I mean, it's similar discussions. And again, and real estate investment trusts are a very, very multicolored beast. They're not, they're not homogenous. You have a real estate investment trust that specialise in retail and supermarkets, in in care homes, in Offices in regional offices in London offices in warehousing logistics in servers, so that they're again they're not homogenous, but some of the and some of them were trading at very silly premiums to book value. I would politely suggest Um again now though, just like the builders, those silly premiums to book value have have, have generally dis have generally disappeared, mm-hmm. and the valuations are becoming much more attractive again with decent yields. And again, therefore, if you get a sense that interest rate that there's going to be a pivot or pause in interest rates, then I think that is going to be potentially a lot interesting to, to contrary. Again, it's going to be difficult to get from A to B. There's going to be lots of volatility. You're going to have to be patient. You're to have to do your research. And a lot of them do come with debt. So again, you need to be a little bit careful in terms of debt profiles relative to rental income. And everyone will have their view as to whether offices, everybody will go back to the office or not. And some may therefore shy, clear of office REITs, for example. But again, things like the supermarket REIT, I don't see supermarkets going out of fashion in a desperate hurry. I don't see Amazon warehouses going out of fashion in a desperate hurry. And there are certain REITs that are specialist in those. So again, if you pick your right target, there may now be some nuggets of value coming out. And again, just because of the overall tidal wave of bearishness that I'm hearing, uh, it naturally makes me think, in some of the most badly smashed around sectors, it it might just be worth starting to patiently do your research. I think time's on your side. But I think, again, these are the sort of areas that, again, you know, be be greedy when others are fearful and and fearful when others are greedy, where there's lots of greed when these things were trading at big premium to to book value. Now we're trading at big discounts. In some cases, that's fear, and that's inherently much more interesting.
0: Entry point is is all. Uh, You've talked a lot over the last few years where we've been talking about what might happen when people suddenly wake up to the fact that you can't keep interest rates on the floor forever? Are we at well, that, we're finding out now, aren't we? Really? Yeah, are we at that tipping tipping point? Well, I think be, Liz it's trust easy, obviously the longer quite it's, in- you said, sorry, just one because obviously the longer it went on, the more difficult it then becomes to raise it. If something cannot go on forever, it will come yeah. to an end,
1: and yeah. that and that's just the end of the discussion. Um, and I think Liz, uh, and I think what's fascinating people is that. It may be Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwadeng who've, who've put the, the straw on the camel's back, as it were. Because looking at it from their perspective, a 40 to 60 billion pound tax cutting programme relative to a 2.4 trillion pound national debt is really neither here nor there. But I think it was the fact that, A, it was communicated so poorly without numbers. And effectively, and I, and this is not to make, make a political point, this financial markets did not welcome the prospect of a Jeremy Corbyn as prime minister. Because he was going on a spending rampage that you you could argue were uncosted. Mm. This is just a tax cutting rampage, which you could argue is uncosted. It's Corbynism in a different name, as far as the financial markets are concerned, yeah. and that's why they've not liked it desperately much. But you could argue, well, why sixty billion made a difference when it's already two point trillion? The only answer is because it has. Because it was badly communicated, the Bank of England only raised by less than expected the day before, so there was there didn't seem to be a lot of of, of teamwork there and now interest rates are going up, not going down, and so therefore it was the, the I think it was a bit of a misreading of the room, quite frankly, and in the end, bond guilt holders looked and said, "Well, look, rates are going up, inflation's sticky. If you're presenting as these tax cuts with no numbers behind it, we'd have to be mental defective to be lending to you at three percent." So we're going to start lending to you at four or five. Mm. And we are now in the process, partly because of that, but also partly because the Bank of England, the Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, and maybe even eventually the Japanese, are starting to raise interest rates and go to quantitative tightening. We're getting price discovery for what is the real price of money again after 14 years when money has been mispriced because money has been priced at zero. So it's been mispriced, and therefore people have not treated it with reverence. They've done silly things with it. They've bought... APE, JPEGs, non- non-fungible tokens, cryptocurrencies, IPOs, SPACs, in a very indiscriminate fashion. Surprise, surprise, now that money has been treated with more revenants, those things are generally crashing and burning, or at least are correcting in valuation. And so if you think about it, you've got the cost of money going up, that is forcing even pension funds to delever. Use less derivatives, use less complexity, stop goosing returns with, through complex, opaque instruments. And so, as the cost of money goes up and risk appetite goes down and leverage goes down and goosing goes down, asset prices are falling. And that's all perfectly logical and natural. It's just not very pleasant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Though, I mean, I saw the other, the other day, I mean, it, it's not just us. Mortgage rates in the States have nerdy hit 7%, 7%. Did I see? Yes. Yes. It's abs- just yeah, no, started to about.
1: And again, if you think of what U.S. house prices have done post-pandemic, because of all the money that was chucked at the, 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 the economy in stimulus, that's going to be a big increase in somebody's monthly mortgage bill. Really, quite unpleasant. And again, the, the U.S. housing market is still showing year-on-year price growth, but it's cooling. If you look now quite rapidly at the Case-Shiller the index, and again, you would expect some uh, cooling there. And if you look at the, the NAHB index, is due out, I think, next week in the U.S. And if that ever goes below sort of eighty-five to ninety then generally speaking, it's it's mm. a sign that there's, there's tougher economic times ahead. So it's quite an intriguing indicator.
0: Yes, let's hope it's
1: cooling rather than discovery of some yeah, no, weird we, we,
0: instruments used that's going to expose financial institutions again.
1: Well, again, we've, we've, we've seen it with the, the UK pensions market. I know the, the the Financial Times is starting to look into the Dutch pensions market. But all that shows you, read, again, after 14 years of the mispricing of money and the encouragement of leverage, an unwitting encouragement of complexity and hedging strategies and goodness as well. All of those things, complexity, leverage, derivatives, opacity, you can find them in a virtually any financial crisis that you want. And you don't have to look that back far. Okay, I can I can bang on about Orange County and its pension fund back in 1994, or Mattel Gazelle Shaft its, doing its pieces on copper in 1995. But you know, whether it's the European debt crisis or the great financial crisis, those things are always there. Leverage, complexity, opacity, it, it, and it's a very, very tricky comp- combination. And the Bank of England and all those central banks are going to find it very, very hard to extricate themselves from 14 years of suppressing the price of money without something breaking. It can argue that something's broken already, which is price stability, but that's probably a
0: separate debate. Yeah for us. Fascinating as ever. Thank you very much indeed. That's Russ Mould, uh, who is Investment Director of A.J. Bell. uh, And that's the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.